How can we save kids from spiking gun violence in America, you ask? Pearl Dick is the artistic director of Project Fire. It's a healing arts program for victims of gun violence in Chicago. As the flagship program at Chicago's Firebird Community Arts Center, it helps kids who suffer from what Pearl calls self. It's a fear for safety, emotional trauma and anger, loss from injury, and a limited sense of the future. Pearl is a visionary leader who offers lessons on the power that lives within each of us to change the world. She shares the compelling stories and the program practices that are transforming lives through the arts community, bringing hope and reimagined futures. Pearl is opening hearts and changing minds, and this is her story. Welcome to Sippin' On Stories, where we take you into the lives of diverse and unique change makers who turn anxiety, fear, and passion into powerful recipes for success. Good stories build insightful connections, but great stories. Now, that's something special. Today's story is one of those stories. Hi, my name is Rose McInerney, and welcome back to Season 2 of Sipping on Stories. You'll hear more great stories of transformation, where people overcome challenges or they help others to become better, happier, more successful human beings. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to meet Pearl Dick, who may just become your new favorite hero. Her work in Chicago shows us that every victim of gunshot violence is not just a number. The trauma affecting our youth and families has real consequences. We all know this, but Pearl shares some of the stories and the impact that the Firebird Community Arts Program has had within the community that it serves, the kids who walk through her doors every day, and on Pearl herself, who is both humbled and inspired every day to keep building progress and changing lives. So grab your pen before we meet Pearl, and I want you to write this down. Take a second, and you're going to write this website address. It is firebirdcommunityarts.org. You're going to want to donate after you hear this story. And while you're at it, I'm going to ask you to hit that subscribe button, of course, so that you can hear more of our stories that we're dedicated to bringing you. Our team works tirelessly so that you can go online and you can see more about today's guests, related links, and also some special features. I have to give a big, huge thank you to Womanscape.com for their feature article about Pearl Dick. It's in their latest edition of What If, the WS Magazine. So let's get right into it. I want to welcome you first off, Pearl, to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Rose. It's it's an honor and a pleasure. Pearl, you and I were talking for a few minutes before we hit the record button about just the feeling of what's going on today in society. We're reeling through the last four years of a lot of tumultuous change and such a concern with where are we going here in America And then, of course, we lopped on top of that last, um, in 2020, COVID. So there's been a lot of pivotal, huge swings and changes in our own personal environments 
and then our freedom within the world and our sense of belonging, maybe in purpose. So you are a glass blower and you are doing some work in Chicago, Illinois that I never knew about. I lived there for eight years. I, I never knew this existed. Can you share a little bit about the organization that you're with and what you're doing there? I'd be delighted, um, and I'm glad to introduce something new to your former home city, um, to you through your form, former home city. Um, so I am the artistic director of a nonprofit in Chicago um, called Firebird Community Arts. Uh, we're located on the, the west side of Chicago, and we're uh, a community center, an art studio. We've got glass blowing and ceramics and Predominantly, we really are, I mean, we focus on education, we focus on healing, but we're really a space for young people to feel like they can come and have community and feel welcome um, and at home and, and, and most importantly, like, you know, safe, like, and it's that it's their space. Um, so it's a community center where young people can go and they can learn about the practice of a number of different kinds of art, one of which is glass blowing, which is so unique. Who does glass blowing these days? I mean, this is rare, right? Kind of a medieval art. Um, and a lot of things actually haven't changed in a very long time. Some of the tools look really like very medieval. And um, it's it's kind of an old world craft, but um, it's amazing how this like kind of ancient craft-based technique can be really relevant today in terms of how it's made, like how we work with the material, um, just the just the nature of it. I don't know how many of your listeners would have seen or would know much about glass blowing, but I mean, we we work with molten glass um, and um, metal tools to manipulate that, and it's very very hot. It's two thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Um, the the atmosphere is pretty charged because of that, you know, it can be kind of dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. But, you know, I think that's one of the, one of the really key things is that, you know, that element of risk, that element of danger, um, you know, really brings young people's attention to it. And then, um, and then you can do it in a safe way. So, so we build trust really, really quickly through that. And it's very collaborative. The whole process is generally done with at least one other person, if not teams of people. So you're working in this hot, fast-paced environment um, with a lot of choreography and teamwork. And um, it just it just lends itself to a really, really beautiful dynamic of working together. Uh, a lot of artists, you know, work in like more of a solitary capacity. Um, a, lot, a lot of times they're in their head or they're working on their own pieces. But we work together a lot. Um, so it's that's a really special thing about working with this medium. What kind of temperatures do we get to when those glass pieces are going in? Our glass furnace is at 2,150 degrees Fahrenheit, typically. The, gla the molten glass, you know, has <laughs> yes, about 2,000 degrees and we're working with it. Um, and then we put it into an oven, relatively cool oven, 950 degrees Fahrenheit, um, for the glass to, to anneal so it'll cool without cracking. Um, until it's ready to come out about 24 hours later. I think talking about the heat and the fire is a really beautiful segue into the kinds of students that walk through your door. I know you've been there since, is it 2014, 2015? Yeah, there's 
So, I mean, I've been working with glass for, for over 20 years and, and started teaching in Chicago about 13, 14 years ago. Um, and this current uh, studio that, that we built, so um, we're, we're actually in this new location in East Garfield Park um, for just the past like two and a half years now. Um, but we started, uh, we kind of came together around one of our flagship programs, Project Fire, which, you know, I was telling you about, Rose. Um, this is this is a program that's dear to my heart. And we work um, specifically with young people in Chicago who've been injured by gun violence in this program. And they do glass blowing as um, a way of processing emotion, um, healing, you know, expression, which, you know, making art always has that element to it, um, which is just invaluable um, for anybody. But, you know, particularly working with young people who have experienced really extreme trauma and, and often multiple trauma in their life, in their lives. Um, we work with glass um, as an art form for healing. And then we work with um, closely with an organization here in Chicago um, uh, called Healing Hurt People Chicago. And uh, the, they're uh, clinical psychologists and caseworkers. And so we, we work specifically with them to talk about um, issues related to trauma. So psychoeducation related to trauma. So we do a glass blowing piece and then we do a, a, like a trauma informed group session as part of it as well. So that's, that program is what started in 2015. Um, and when I got together with the folks in this nonprofit that I'm partnering with. And Project FIRE has changed your life, but it changes the lives of these young people that come through the door. And do they come through the healing arts nonprofit? Is, is it a referral? And then they come to you from there? So I mean, we have all sorts of folks that come through our studio, young people, older people. Um, you know, we, we really, we've got college students, you know, at high levels and hobbyists, you know, um, but Project Fire students in particular uh, all come through Healing Hurt People Chicago. And that's an organization here that goes and meets young people when they've been injured in the hospital and offers them options for um, follow-up care. So um, they are the ones that actually end up getting um, these young folks as clients and we're one of their options for what they can do. Like sometimes, you know, they, they opt for group therapy or they opt for um, other types of programs, but this is a program and, um, and, and it's, it's their only visual arts based program. And it's also a paid opportunity. So it's a job opportunity. So we've got multiple ways to get young people excited and involved. Um, but yes, everybody originates through that program. Why do you think this works? Why glass blowing? We've seen a lot of programs over the last couple of decades where arts are an expression, but why is it, do you think that this project fire works? Wow. You know, on so many levels, which I continue to discover every day. In fact, um, well, I mean, so I, I've worked with glass for a long time and I'm in love with the material. It's, it's just, it's magic. It really, it just, just gets in you. And um, when people are drawn to this medium, they're really drawn to it. Like, like people really get into it. And I used to find that for myself too, that when, when I had things going on that I was trying to process, you know, I was able to kind of lose myself in glass and, and, and it felt good, you know, it just felt good. It felt healing. I didn't really know why early on, but um, 
there's something about it that requires a lot of focus. It's also, it can be really meditative just in the process, like the tactile quality of it. It's mesmerizing. It has a glow. It takes skill, you know? So there's this great sense of accomplishment when you get something, you know? And there's all different levels of getting something. So you never run out of that sense of accomplishment. Um, And then I talked about the heat and the fire and the danger. And especially with a lot of the young people that we're working with directly, they've had all sorts of stimuli in their lives that have just been, I, I mean, not even to mention like media, you know, that's like a constant bombardment in our busy lives. And we're here in Chicago. It's busy. Um, but, you know, they've, they've also experienced a, a, like a heightened level of, um, they're, they're just on high all the time in their daily lives. So having something like this that can actually get them to like focus is, is huge. Like they have to be in the moment and it, it captures their attention. So it's a great way to draw somebody in. And then once we start to get people like excited about it, into it, you know, once you capture their attention, there's all of the things around working with glass that correlates directly, I found, with the work that trauma specialists do with their young people and their clients. Um, part of the group sessions that we do, um, it, there's an acronym for what we do. It's called SELF, and SELF stands for, so we call them SELF groups. So SELF stands for safety, emotion, loss, and future. And there's a whole curriculum based around this um, for um, for trauma recovery. And safety, like the correlation between, you know, the safety that we talk about in our groups and the safety that we talk about in the glass studio are, are really intricately linked. You know, like you have to be, be constantly aware of, you know, not hurting yourself, not burning yourself, right? Emotion, you know, anytime you're making art, you're tapping into your emotions. Um, emotion is something that's often disrupted for people when they've experienced trauma. Loss, you know, I mean, a lot of our young people have experienced extreme, incredible loss for people as young as they are. And of course, in the glass studio, you know, we break stuff like all the time, you know, so we have this opportunity to talk about loss in a way that's like a little less charged, you know, and talking about the loss of a loved one, the loss of mobility because of an injury. And then of course, future, you know, so we're, we're seeing folks find so much inspiration just in like learning that they have this, this possibility in themselves that they didn't know about before. Um, it's, it's remarkable to see when somebody's opportunities open up before them. Um, so many people, when they come into our programs and we talk about what they see as options for themselves, it's limited. It's so limited. It's like jail or death in a lot of people's cases. And I'm not even exaggerating. That's like where they see themselves in three to five years. Um, and then after, you know, even one year in our program, they see opportunities to be to be educators, to be artists, to be business owners, to be social workers. Like it just expands and expands beyond just being a glass blower. It's incredible. Okay. So the analogy, I can't help but jump on this. It's so perfect. You start with the materials for glass and then the actual art of blowing the glass, shaping it the decisions, the community that's around that, giving you a safe place to try something different, to see something that you imagine, to be able to make the mistake, but then to see a future from it. 
I could see this taking kids through trauma, taking adults through trauma in the arts where maybe they'd share. Do you find this? They start to open up in the same beautiful way that that happens on a level of art. You see their human hearts and their minds just expand. Absolutely. I mean, you, you hit it right on the nail, Rose. Absolutely. That's, um, you know, regardless of what somebody ends up doing for their professional lives, like that opening of, of heart, you know, that opening of awareness is like, is just incredible to see. And, and it's, it's really, it's truly happening like right before our eyes, you know, we'll see a young person who comes in who has zero interest in talking about their lives or what's happened to them, um, you know, or, or what they're thinking, what they're feeling. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, when we started out, like we were working with predominantly teenage boys. So we're talking about, you know, young men already, you know, and then <laughs> young, tough, right. Tough to get them to open up about their feelings. Right. Um, but we've had people that have come in and again, glasses like the hook. So once they get in, they start working with other people who have experienced similar things that they have. When we go into those group sessions, um, they, they naturally open up. It, it really, it just, it like, it greases the wheels, you know, it allows somebody to feel comfortable enough, safe enough and connected enough to, to then talk about their stuff. And, and it's been amazing what has happened in these sessions. So, so our format is we do three hours in the glass studio and then we do one hour of these group sessions moderated by a clinical psychologist or a social worker and, and a youth mentor and the teachers, the glassblowing teachers. And these are closed group sessions. So, you know, a, a lot of information comes out in these sessions and it's amazing to see somebody go from like a completely closed book to, to becoming like a leader in that group of getting other people to even open up about their own trauma. Beautiful, beautiful thing. I, I can't imagine. You must go home both exhausted and elated. 100%. <laughs> yes. Would you mind sharing, and you don't have to use any names or anything, can you share an example or two about someone and the kind of trauma that's extreme? Because I don't think people realize how much on mass this is. Violence has gone up during this period of COVID, of course, but the streets are so tough. And so many of us are immune to this if we're not in a community or we're not involved in some way and understanding what happens. Tell us about someone that comes through the door and what they've faced and how you've seen it change for them. Sure. Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. I think that, I mean, on all counts, but in particular, people just aren't aware short of like a statistic. And, and it's been all over national news for years. Like people think Chicago is just this like wild west of gun violence. And, and on one hand, you know, the, the level of gun violence is alarming and um, shocking. Um, and on the other hand, there are real people behind it and, and people don't see those stories. Um, it, it really, it makes it a much more complex issue than people understand it to be. Um, and, and so the young people that, you know, I mean, in particular, like I can think of, geez, there's so many, um, so many um, past and, and current and, you know, um, uh, participants. But so, so someone that comes to mind, there was a young man who came in um, and he told us that he had, so there are plenty of people that have gang affiliations that come into our space. And one of our main rules is that, you know, when you come into our space, all of those affiliations are 
left at the door and we're a family, you know, we're our project fire family. Um, somebody in our space, you know, was involved in, in like one of the other people in their space, they were in rival gangs. And at one point they had encountered each other on the street. There are two different gangs. And one of the young men told us and told the whole group, he's like, you know, we saw so-and-so and, you know, I'm told my, my friends, you know, to leave him alone, like to not shoot at this guy because he's my homie. And so, I mean, like we've heard several accounts of people actually stopping like violence because they had some connection to somebody in, in a different way than, you know, just strangers on the street. Um, we've had, we have a young man who actually started in our program. He's, he's now like an, a mentor and a teacher, but he started in our program when he was 15 and he was just this angry, angry kid. Like he'd had a, a really, really hard childhood and spent a lot of it homeless. Um, dropped out of school when he was 12. Um, he was, you know, functionally illiterate, you know, because of a lack of schooling, even as a young child, because of his, his personal, you know, upbringing and, um, you know, the circumstances in his family. And, and I just, I remember how angry this kid was when he first walked through the door. And I mean, now he's like, he has come all the way through, like he's, he's gone to school, he's learned to read, he has traveled all over the country. Um, you know, he was in Alaska last year, he went to Corning Museum of Glass, um, representing Project Fire and himself as well. Um, he's become one of our, our main teachers. He's employed by us and he's one of the most beautiful and honest human beings I've ever met. And, and just to, to think that, you know, that could have been lost, you know, his contribution to the world had he not found one place where he felt like he could, you know, put that guard down, but to see the transformation in him as just a, as a person is incredible. I mean, and Rose, there's, there's a million stories of people that have come in one way and, and are now another way drastically, like you wouldn't even recognize them from three or four years ago. It's, it's humbling. And I think that's the other thing. I love this, that you're zeroing in on the specifics of every single human being, that we all have value. We all matter. We all have a future. We deserve a future. So you're giving kids a chance to see the world differently and then to build something, to create something beautiful for other people too. The, the ripple effect is really something that we can't discount. Like, like even though we wish we could serve, like we've got 26 kids in our program right now um, in Project Fire in that particular program. And even though we'd like to serve hundreds, we'd like to serve, you know, we're con constantly trying to like increase funding so we can increase the capacity so we can increase, increase our outreach. But even one person, like it really, it's not even just a, a platitude that if you can change one person, you can change the world or even change yourself. You know, it's, um, it, it's really, it's huge. Like how many of, of like individual stories we hear of somebody else, like going, talking to their, their gang member friends, their uh, families, uh, young people that live in their homes, you know, their cousins, their relatives. And, um, you know, who see them going to work or, or hear them talk about the positive things or hear them even talk in an educated way about trauma and, and its effects on people. 
Like I, I see them going out and educating others in their communities and it's uh, it's powerful, super powerful. It's got to be more powerful than any kind of school situation, any kind of parent telling a child anything because kids converting kids are getting them to see too that there's something else. So you've got 26 currently in the program. What's capacity if we really wanted to push it? Could we double that? Could you triple that? Do you have room? We're, we're hoping to, um, what we're trying to do in this particular program, um, is to actually build a, a, a graduate program in essence, so that we can have something for people once they start to phase out of the really acute trauma care, which is a big part of project fire, where they can still be involved in the community. They can utilize their skills. They can still be employed, but then we make room for new people to come in. So, so absolutely we can double, triple, quadruple, but we're building the program right now to be able to accommodate that. And it's an entrepreneurial based program. It involves like higher education as well as, you know, um, kind of like small business training. So, so that's really one of our big goals for expansion. Um, so we can keep, you know, the people that we work with in Project Fire, um, you know, around that number between, you know, 20 and 30, but then we've got more people moving out into other programs, um, in our space. How do people help? What can we do? Well, you know, I mean, funding, you know, does often come back to that funding piece. Yeah. People can donate, you know, make financial donations, um, on our website. And I think you've got it posted somewhere. Um, but I mean, you know, that's always helpful. We've got, um, you know, people that, you know, um, who volunteered to be on our board, you know, who are, you know, incredible people in our community. They're hugely helpful. Um, you know, professionals in fields that we might need help with, like, you know, tutoring or construction, you know, like all sorts of things, you know, people offer sometimes their expertise and their services and their time. Um, you know, there's lots of ways that, that people can help spreading the word about what we do, like as you are, you know, I think that helps in multiple ways. It doesn't just help us specifically as an organization, but it, it helps inspire people that they can do things in their communities to uplift people. Um, but yeah, they can always hit that donate button, Rose. That that's always helpful. <laughs> well, then this way, you know, there are certain set tangible costs that you've got to meet in order to keep the doors open. So. I know that what you're doing is just bottom line is it's dollars and cents too. So we'll definitely, we'll have on sippingonstories.com on the website there, as well as womanscape.com, there'll be links to donate. And when people read the story in the next issue of what if, which is really dreaming, what if we have the power to, and understanding we do, they can read about your personal story and how this is a, a calling for you. I asked you this, and I think that this is kind of a nice find. Do you do you see yourself as a teacher of art, or are you an artist, and this is a larger expression of your art in some way? You know, I like that question. Um, they've really melded over the years. Um, all, like really until very recently, I would have said I'm an artist who is is teaching because it's healing and because it's needed, that's really where I started. And I fell into the teaching. It was ne never anything I intended to do. 
and focusing on trauma recovery was something I really never saw until it, you know, kind of made itself very apparent that it was something I could do. Um, but now, Rose, I, I think it's really, they're intricately tied. My artistic practice has morphed into not just my own, you know, personal work, but into community building and and healing through this medium that I'm, you know, somewhat expert in at this point, um, just from time and experience. And, um, and, and the, the two were kind of so intricately combined right now that I would almost just say that there's really not a separation anymore. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm a teacher. I wouldn't say I'm an artist. I wouldn't say I'm a healer, but they're all, they're all one for me at this point. And it's interesting. There, there are more people who are, you know, and I, I think the time that we're in, as you alluded to right early on is part of this. There are a lot of people like me who have found that building community and the healing power of the arts has become as much of their artistic practice as making. And there's a whole field of us now that are doing this work and um, it's becoming its own thing. So we'll come up with a name for it eventually and I'll let you know what it is. For now, that's the long answer to your question. (laughs) It's perfect. And I think you're absolutely right. We have over the last year where everyone's stepping back and to your point, whether or not you've had the ability to be able to take time out and just think, not be on social media, not be running to complete that full checklist and taking time to step back and say, you know, how am I living? What are my values? I love this. You speak to the art of living in its fullest sense. It's community. We've had our doctor of happiness on and he talks about this. It's the individual. I listened to that one. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. J was fantastic. And I'm hoping to get a panel together as well and have some of the guests together and to, to chat because what you're doing is speaking to the art of living and what each of us needs to, to tap ourselves on the head and say, how am I contributing to the betterment of the world? And then you yourself, I can't imagine what flows from this. So you give of your art and what comes back to you. You know, I, I am so grateful that I get to do this work and, and on so many levels. I mean, because I believe it's impactful and I see that it's impactful in a positive way, which I, I'm just endlessly grateful for. But you're right. It's so rewarding. It's so fulfilling. Um, I think something that really leads to that, like, sense of despondence or unhappiness is, is a failure or a lack of purpose, a lack of a sense of purpose, something that you can do that's impactful. And, um, you know, so I'm filled with like, as tired as I am when I go into work or, you know, as drained or as much as I'm not feeling it that day, I always leave feeling like, ah, that, that felt good. That made a difference. That did something, you know, even if it's small and that fills me up every day. It definitely helps me get out of bed. Okay, what's the future? The future for Pearl, the glass blower, Project Fire, Chicago's Firebird Arts Community. What's ahead? We we got so much going on. And and I mean, on one hand, you know, the future's still a, a little bit up in the air with, you know, this next year, but we've got so many projects that that we're um, that we're working on right now in partnership with people in the community. We're working on a project here in Chicago. Um, address, we're doing a public art piece um, addressing um, folks who were killed during the Chicago race riots in 1919. 
Um, that's going to be unveiled this year. It's its 100th year anniversary. Um, and so we're creating glass markers for that with Project Fire Youth um, to commemorate that. We've got um, a big project that we're working on with the Corning Museum of Glass that kicks off this year. It'll be a two-year-long project, hopefully culminating in a, in a show in their gallery. Um, we... We're really hoping that we get people back in our space again come, you know, next fall. We've been having a very limited number of people in our space and without the same level of camaraderie that we've been able to have in the past. So, you know, we're hoping for, you know, to, to get back to where we can be a big, happy family again. Um, that entrepreneurship program, we're rolling that out. Um, I'd like to get some kids traveling again. We've got some some scholarship programs that if, if you know some of the schools around the country are opening up again this year, we've got spots for our young people to go and study there. Um, we we've got a we've got a lot to look forward to. I actually wrote something down. Did I remember everything? Um, yeah, we. You know, I I mean, I I'm always always looking to the future, like always looking to what we can do, and we're we're always growing. You know, our organization's growing, our partnerships are growing, um, the young people that we work with are growing. Literally, like I saw a kid I hadn't seen, and like we're dealing again teenagers. So I saw a kid I hadn't seen in a couple months. Yesterday, he's grown a foot. I can't. I'm not even kidding. He's grown a foot. So um, he's taller than me now. At any rate, we've got lots of plans, Rose, and I'm just, I'm hoping, you know, the new administration and like some new consciousness, newfound consciousness with the with people. Oh, a big thing, this is one thing I want to mention too, is we really want to um, get our young people uh, more involved with social justice um, projects as well. Um, I, the majority of people that we work with are um, Black or Latina, Latino, Latinx. We've got men and women now. but um, you know, we want to get people more educated in, in their history and and some of the things that have led to the realities of where we're at today and how that has all impacted their lives. You know, we talk about that with trauma, how trauma has impacted where they are today. We want to also talk about history and how history has impacted where we're at today. So we're going to push that one this year, too. We've already started. I mean, this last year really you know, kicked it off with, with some of the things that have been going on in this country. Well, I can't applaud you enough. I think if we don't know where we've been, it's really hard to know where we're going. We need that kind of compass. Thank you so much, Pearl. I hope we get a chance to speak again and to follow up. I'm sure we're going to have some outstanding feedback from our readers and our listeners of Sipping on Stories. And we want to keep in touch with you. I'll follow up with you after we hit the end record button. But Thank you so much. I know what a busy person you are. And I am just in awe. Our team is in awe of what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rose. And it's a pleasure and an honor. And please keep keep bringing these things up and educating people on all the amazing people and the amazing things that are going on out there. We need these bright spots in our lives these days. So thank you. Thanks, Pearl. I look forward to talking to you soon. Talk to you soon, Rose. Thanks. Bye for now. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy life. You've got to live it well and make every sip in your story count. We know that now more than ever. Make it a good one. Our wish is always the same for you, that today's story will move you deeper and closer to being your best you. 
Know always that you matter, you are loved, and we look forward to seeing you next time as we sip on another great story. God bless and take care, everyone. That's a wrap. Oh,